Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself. To get through the hard moments, this is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this podcast stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. All right, and let's dive in with today's listener question. Hey, ladies. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. Um, This is Erica, and I have a question um, about why my partner doesn't follow through with what we have talked about. So if we have a discussion of like, I want more communication or I need more, um, you know, positive affirmations, it might happen for about a week and then it sort of stops. So I'm just wondering why, why does it stop? Thanks so much. First, Erica, thanks for this question. So awesome and so common. Mm. Mm -hmm. Why? Because tons of people say no or say yes when they mean no. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Oops. Tons of them, like tons and tons and tons of people say yes when they actually don't mean yes. Should we talk about why this kind of even like is a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, so, so one of my pieces here that, that I work with a lot of my clients around is how much when we're growing up, we have to contort ourselves to take care of the grownups that are raising us in some way to mm-hmm. tend to them and make them comfortable. And so we learn really, really early on to not know ourselves or even know what our no's are. Oh, Mm -hmm. totally. So it could happen that I have a true no, but I don't even know it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it could happen that I do have a true no, I know it, but I ain't going to tell you. Because I'm afraid of the conflict that it might stir up. Right. Or I just don't want to deal with it. So sometimes people do it in like a placating sort of way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to deal with your blow up eye roll (laughs) if if I tell you no. So I'm just going to tell you yes to shut you up. So sometimes people do it like that. And then sometimes we'll do it in more of like, um, why would I, why would I stand up for myself? Cause I'm not worth it. Or, or even a, Oh no, I'm too afraid of your reaction. If I tell you my truth. Mm-hmm. And, and Rebecca, with what you were saying about like what we learned in childhood, 
not even knowing what my yes or no is, not tuning into my own um, true answer right now. And so like you were saying, Jules, placating you. I'll say yes, mm-hmm. because I know it's what, what you want to hear. And I don't even, I don't even know if I mean it or not. Oh, and right. I'll just figure that part out later. Like, okay, you want me to do that next week? And I'm thinking like, I'll just figure it out next week. Cause I don't know. Right. Exactly. And so I'm thinking about U-turns and I'm mm-hmm. thinking that we have people who have been on both sides of this. Right. I know I've been on both sides of this. I have, I have yeah. not. I say yes. When I mean, yes, I say no. When I mean, no. Are you for serious? <laughs> She's not. She's not at all. I am so gullible. I'm like the biggest person out there that doesn't know their own voice. And like, has oh, you're the one who has no idea whether or not I'm it's no and says yes that. anyway. But that was really fun. Oh, that, that was, was so fun. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Oh, so, so, right. So we've all been on both sides. So you're you're perfect. So if, so if I'm the person who's asking for a yes, and then that falls away, my Mm -hmm. U-turn is, is I think about the skill we have called direct request. Yeah. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My, my favorite about it is how vulnerable it is. And when it comes to good relationship, if I want a good relationship, I have to show up totally authentic, right? Mm -hmm. I've got to have vulnerability. I've got to have empathy. I've got to have accountability. Mm -hmm. That's my work. And hopefully I pick a partner or help them in their journey to show me Mm -hmm. vulnerability, empathy, and accountability. So that's my map, right? So it is a vulnerable thing. You're going to make points in your vulnerability category if you can do direct request. So it's saying really what I need. But what's tricky about direct request is that sometimes I'm thinking about a couple I worked with for a long time. And he said, you know, just because you put a question mark at the end, like in your tone, doesn't mean it was actually a request. And that's so true. That's a good way to phrase it too. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes we're saying, but I asked, but it's like not okay for my partner to say no. Mm-hmm. So the reason it's vulnerable direct request, this skill is that I'm actually asking for what I want, knowing it is possible that I will not get it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm the grief lady again. Jeez. <laughs> Like, this is the disappointing piece. <laughs> it is. A lot of times, mm-hmm. not sometimes, often <laughs> in my marriage, I will want things that I don't get. And so like, let's say I wanted better communication and we had a meta conversation about it and we had an agreement. Uh, but what if I was asking and my partner could really tell this truth? Yeah. Is that I wasn't asking. Mm-hmm. I was demanding. It sets up a scenario then where partners are are really in that either placating kind of space mm-hmm. just to kind of like a child in some ways, right? There's there's this power dynamic that, yeah. that gets put into play. Mm-hmm. And if I want to keep the balance and keep things okay enough between us, then I need to just kind of go along with this, even though I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know myself well enough then 
it might even be hard for me to notice that this isn't what I want to do because you're suggesting it. And so I should just do it. Mm-hmm. And that's the balance that you've gotten in that the relationship is in at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I have to make sure if I'm asking that it's actually a direct request, that it's not a demand. I tell all my couples, I'm like, look, you're in a long-term relationship. So I'll give you four or five demands total for the life of your relationship. Total. (laughs) So make them good ones. (laughs) Demand level stuff. We are or are not having children. We, we are in an open relationship or we're in a monogamous Monogamous relationship. relationship. Yes. That would be demand level thing. Or, um, sometimes how we spend money Mm -hmm. is negotiation, but other times it's more like a demand level thing. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that are really, really big that would be demand level. Like when I say demand level, what I mean is not that you can't negotiate it or that, um, that it's not something that could have lots of ways, lots of strategies that would meet your need. But when I say demand level, what I'm saying is, this is a non-negotiable for me. So if I walked into our marriage and actually my husband and I walked into our marriage, not knowing if we wanted kids and we were both in that boat. So that was this crazy negotiation space, but let's imagine for a moment, I walked in to that marriage knowing I wanted kids. And then later on, he said, no, if that's really true, my truth is I am going mm-hmm. to have children in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. I might choose to walk away from that relationship. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Because of that. Mm-hmm. So that's demand level. And our day-to-day stuff is not demand level stuff. It's not stuff. demand level. Right. right. The day-to-day stuff is more like, you said you'd go grocery shopping. Why didn't you follow through on that? Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. So, and so maybe if- we even need a meta conversation somewhere along the line about how we do grocery shopping eventually. But, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Right. But so like they're all these like little, it's, it's typically like the tasks of daily living. It's, it's the grocery yeah. shopping, it's the childcare, it's the, you know. Yeah. Well, and I heard in this mm-hmm. question, it was maybe even out of meta conversations. Yeah. Like maybe we talked about wanting to have a different kind of communication and it changes mm-hmm. for a week and then goes away. Mm-hmm. So it maybe even is with some of these more tender conversations yeah. and bigger in the larger relational scope. But what I want us to do when we're the ones asking the question is to really get clear with ourselves. Is this a thing for me that if I didn't get not, not the agenda of what I want, but the need met, I would need to go. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a difference between the agenda and the need. So like I need to feel loved, Mm -hmm. right is a need level. That's a, that's a demand level thing for me. Mm-hmm. I need to feel loved. How many different ways I can take in feeling loved. If I locked into one strategy, you need to tell me you love me every morning. That's a strategy, not a need. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So the need is I need to feel loved. The strategy is you leave me a post-it on my mirror every morning, telling me how much you love me in poetic form. And send me a text. My husband would never do that, by my, the way. Thank you. He's amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I would love no, that. And my husband is incredible. And there's no way. No, I would be the one to do that. No, I, I love poetry. <laughs> That's not his love language. 
<laughs> no, I, I love, I love, I would, I would be the one who's more likely to do that than him. He, no, he does all too. sorts of amazing things. I'd leave my husband poetry and he'd be like, what is this? That would no, totally. You want, and by the way, to do with it. Totally, I do that. I, that is exactly, you just said exactly I'm what totally happened. Doing I write that him super I'm romantic, totally poetic things and he goes, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what this means. <laughs> totally. And, and true. And, and he, he plays fun songs in our kitchen instead. And it's also really deeply brilliant. Um, so, <laughs> like making up lyrics. He's brilliant at it. It's awesome. I can see fun. that. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> so the strategy, the trick is when we're in a direct request that we don't lock into strategy Yeah. Mm-hmm. that I I'm clear about the need piece but I'm not locking into a strategy about how it gets met. This is where so many couples get into trouble though. Right? Yeah. Because, Cause we mm-hmm. all start with strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if, yeah. You, if your direct request is very different than that and is coming more from a need, so get clear with yourself about what need you're trying to get met. So usually how it happens, I don't know about for you guys, how it happens for me is I think of a brilliant strategy and I assume that's what I need. And then I have to check myself and I have to go, okay, Jules, like, okay. But if you got this thing, like if you got a date night a week, that's a strategy. Okay. If I got a date night a week, what would change for me? Like what would be different for me? And that's going to help me drop down into the need. And then I can start the conversation instead with, you know what? I've been noticing. I've actually been feeling kind of lonely and I think I need more connection. I thought of like date nights or maybe like morning coffees out on the porch together before our day gets started. Or um, maybe we could like spend some time together without the TV. And that Mm -hmm. opens up a space now where your partner can even then say, oh, or we could go for a hike or maybe we just do daily dog Mm -hmm. walks Mm -hmm. or, you know, tomorrow could we, and Mm -hmm. now you have, an ability to meet that need in a lot of different creative ways that are flexible and both of you have a voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think, a skill with direct request is yeah. if you start from a need space, not a strategy space, you're more likely to come up with creative strategies together to solve a problem. And those are the ones when you do them together, mm-hmm. when it's not just one strategy that's being imposed upon it, but when you are creatively coming up with them together, those are the ones that we tend to follow through on. I was going to say they tend to stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because both yeah. people consciously or not have had a say in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the U-turn on the other side? Because I know I've been on the other side too. So mm-hmm. what if I'm the person listening to this and saying, oh man, I say yes when I mean no a lot. <laughs> What's the U-turn there? <sighs> All right. Well, so there's a few different pieces mm-hmm. because one, I mean, it's, I think this is, this is complicated. One part of this is, first of all, I got to like figure out what I want or what's okay with me. I, I need to know what I'm agreeing to. And mm-hmm. am I okay with that? Mm-hmm. And the next piece is, can I withstand the discomfort that might come yes. from speaking up about what my truth is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. Can I, can I t- 
tolerate, oh, I need to be able to, like you said, sit in that discomfort, tolerate, for me, it's a he, his response to me when I finally realize I mean no. And so I say no, and I've now disappointed him. Mm-hmm. And maybe disappointing him is unbearable, too hard for me, whatever term we want to use. Which is where psychological boundary comes in. Mm-hmm. Then you got to have a space where when I think about mm-hmm. psychological boundary, I think of this space where it's, it's going to make it okay for us to have difference. Mm-hmm. And I can stay connected to you through that difference. And I could talk about psychological boundary for like two hours, but the basic idea is that it is benevolent and respectful to let another human being have their feeling journey in this lifetime. So it's actually fine for your husband to feel disappointment Mm -hmm. because his disappointment didn't just come from you. It actually came from his own attachment to whatever it was he was asking for just as much as it came from your mouth. And it's actually a journey you guys are in together. And I would never want to steal from him his process of meaning and discovering in his own life. So that's one part of it. Mm -hmm. The other part is, um, okay, well, is it about me? Is it not about me? Is it true? Is it not true? So it's a discernment thing. Right. So if you say no and he's disappointed, is that going to be okay for you to say, oh, that's his and keep it out? Right. Yeah. That's his issue. Yeah. I, that's it's, I don't it's, that's his, his and not mine, but that's his, well, it's his process. It's yeah. It's yeah. his process. It's not even, it's not even <clears> about <throat> like, ooh, disappointment is bad. Like granted it is unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm totally, it is unpleasant. Yeah. That doesn't make it, it bad. I remember this time, it must have been about five years ago. I was just learning all about this psychological boundary stuff. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I were working through something and he had some big feelings. And I remember looking at him being like, yeah, those are your feelings to have. And because we're both learning this stuff together, we high-fived each other on that. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> talk about marking a moment, right? We're like, Boom. Yeah. Those are your feelings. They're not mine. You get to have them and not me. (laughs) I don't have to own your emotional response. But that was like such Mm -hmm. a bombshell moment for us because we both grew up in homes where we had to take care of everybody's feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, like we were the feeling absorbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what you learn there is you sacrifice your own needs to make sure everybody else feels okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and so you- it's a really good way to learn to ignore your no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you might have that going on, but you're going to have to, so you got to have, have a psychological boundary. And can I say one more thing from like a brain science way about mm-hmm. psychological boundary? Please so do. That, I can't help myself. <laughs> you can't um, help <laughs> I can't stop. And we love it. It's Please. cute that you ask. It's cute that you ask. <laughs> so it turns out that the part of your brain that does the mentalizing network that's all about psychological boundary, i.e. you can have a difference from me and we can still mm-hmm. be here together, speaks the word, the language of imagery. So we have these five languages. Our brain speaks behavior, affect, sensation, image, cognition, imagery is really heavy in this part of the temporal lobe. And so if you have an actual image of a boundary around your body, the the image can know these things. 
it's benevolent and respectful to let another human have their process and it does discernment. I only take in what's true. I only take in what's about me. And I ask my inner gut to show me hmm, what visual image would represent that for me. And I've had people come up with a thousand different things. I've had people come up with walls of Christmas lights and oceans. Water is a super common one. Um, ponds and oceans and things like that. Waterfalls. Um, uh, gardens. Mine. Oh, like space. Okay. Yeah, space. Yeah, that's right here with the garden. Mine is a six foot thick wall of sparkly pink jello <laughs> surrounding my body. <laughs> I do not know why. But that is what it is. And, and so I love my jello. Awesome. Is it permeable? Yeah, no, it's permeable. Does it no. move? Does it jiggle? It lets it does jiggle it. sometimes. <laughs> it does jiggle sometimes. And it lets in what's true and what's about me. Interesting. And it lets me bear witness, stay connected to, and deeply care about other people as they go through their process mm-hmm. without me interrupting their process because it ain't my journey. I want a six foot wall of sparkly. Jello. I I don't. Would yours be pink as well? So I don't. Gross. I didn't say pink. I don't know what color mine would be. Yet. I gotta like. Yeah. I gotta well, here's the thing: is that everybody's <laughs> is going to be different, mm-hmm. and so you gotta like you actually ask your viscera. You actually ask like your belly brain and your heart brain. I'm gonna just sit with these concepts, and then I'm gonna bwah, come up with my. Well, version yeah. of Jules's Jello well, and it's going to be different for everybody. So and like also, whatever your image is is great. It doesn't have to be the same image, right? Because for me, my containment boundary is like literally like a cylinder Tupperware that comes over my body in a circle. Love and Tupperware. The protective boundary is a glass wall in front of me. So, they're, right. they're so they don't two, have to be the same. They don't have to be the yeah, same. And right now we're talking more about what you're mm-hmm. talking about, the protective boundary, and I'm calling the psychological boundary. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. So I just want to be clear on our language. When yeah. protective boundary is like discernment. It's like what's discernment. yours is yours. Mm-hmm. What's yours is yours. What's true is true. I take and in I, what's true. I take in what's about yes. me. Otherwise, I keep it out. So Otherwise, you, I you keep can it have out. two different ones, a different one for containing your own way you show up in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm, a different thing. I'm realizing even as we're sitting here, I know exactly what mine is. It's been here for a long time. <gasps> what is it? I feel it's, like you've said it. It's like a forest. There's like ferns and all these different oh. layers. And it's it's really permeable, <gasps> but it's like really faceted. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. it's just it. it's an overgrown ferny, growthful, fungi-filled forest. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Fungus boundary. Mm-hmm. Ferny boundary. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like it's like connected to like the wisdom that that lives inside. Like I know what I know. And if mm-hmm. I can touch base with that, then I can really discern, is this me? Is this you? Is this true? Is this not true? Is this something mm-hmm. that, you mm-hmm. know, am I having this thought now or making up the story now because of something that I learned somewhere? Is this benefiting me or somebody else, right? Like it's helping me with that whole discernment process. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is you will feel safer to say no when you mean no if you know you've got your own protection in yes. place. Now I'm living yes. more authentic with my partner and I'm being more vulnerable because don't forget, and especially when you hear a no from a partner, no's are vulnerable too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not always, but a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. 
<clears throat> it is very challenging for my husband to say no to me. When you say no's are vulnerable, he, this has been an issue and it's only come up between us in the past couple of months that I have figured it out, but I have to tell him you're, I, that's why request and demand are so big in my marriage. Cause I've had to tell him, this is not a demand. This is a request. And you're allowed to say, no, I'm not his therapist. I don't know why no's are hard for him to give. I know that they are. Well, he's scared of you. Looking like a good way. Sorry, I should love it. Have, but like, no, but I mean, like, I don't mean scared of you. Like, he, he, because anyone who knows me is picturing me. They're like, okay, Vicky's not scary. No, Vicky is not scary at all. But like, yeah, but you liking him and loving him is is important to him. And if he says no and disappoints you, yes, because he would never say that out loud. So it's nice to hear Jules say it for him. I'm going to take that. I'm going to absorb you can ask that. Him if I'm right, I think I am. <laughs> I think you are too. Because <laughs> he loves you and yeah. he doesn't want to disappoint you. Yeah. And a lot of us were taught that the stuff we put out in the world is the cause of other people's feelings. And that's mm. only part of the truth. Like I affect people, how mm, I behave that's... in this world affects mm-hmm. people, but that's only part of the story of how feelings are made. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful way to phrase it. Yeah. So direct request, what go, go. Well, I'm just, I just kind of had this moment where I was like thinking about my own children and how much we in, in our home, like kind of celebrate the no when it comes from them, Mm -hmm. but also kind of how revolutionary that is Mm -hmm. to celebrate a no. Right. And so I'm just kind of noticing that, right? Because Mm -hmm. if that's so radical, to celebrate like a knowing that comes through somebody like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want to be touched like that. Or no, I don't want to be tickled or no, don't cuddle me right now. Or no, I want to be left alone to read Mm -hmm. myself to bed at night or no, Mm -hmm. right? Like whatever the thing is, Mm -hmm. right? If that's so Mm -hmm. radical, like how much of our lives for all of us are based around kind of like bypassing those no's. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the damage that does to our future relationships. Totally. Because well, now we're the not damage follow- it does yeah. to authenticity. Yeah. So yes. If I'm going to show up, I love Brene Brown's, uh, and she actually didn't make this up. It's a mix of her and Joan Halifax. So Joan Halifax says soft front, strong back. And then Brene mm-hmm. Brown added wild heart. So soft front, I lead with vulnerability, strong back. I've got myself. I'm centered. I'm grounded. Mm-hmm. I can take care of myself when stuff goes wrong. I can stand my ground when I need to. Wild heart, I'm willing to speak my authentic truth no matter what. Mm-hmm. And if I show up like that, I'm going to show up wholehearted in my relationship. Mm-hmm which, you know, I can't control my partner. I have no idea if he's going to show up wholehearted in our relationship. He does all the time. Some days he won't, whatever. But that's not my journey. My journey is mine and I'm going to show up wholehearted. And that means I got to have enough safety, Mm -hmm. psychological boundary, and enough vulnerability, willing to risk the no, direct request, to show up soft front, strong back, wild heart. Mm. Well said. That was a great, like, succinct way to pull it all together. Yeah. Wow. So we leave it there? I think we leave it there. I think so. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to land. 
Should we just review the skills real quick? Yeah, yeah. We have direct request. Not demanding. Speaking truth. And psychological boundaries. Psychological Mm -hmm. boundaries. Find your image. Great. So we'll see you all again here next week. Bye-bye. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at our bootcamp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley-Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.